You're listening to Let's Go Racing. Hello, everybody. I am Mike Babbage, your host and the voice of the Wilmot Raceway. And we certainly do thank Wilmot Raceway and WilmotRaceway.com for bringing you this program each and every week. Also, Tim Stewart, Coach Papa. Hello. As one of the owners of the station and is manning the board for us. And joining us on the phone line is uh, Craig Campton. Craig is out of Madison, Wisconsin, and he races in the Autometer Wisconsin Wingless Sprints on the Traveling Series with the IRA as well as at Wilmot Raceway. But when he's not doing that during the wintertime, he is doing things with snowmobiles. So we're going to talk to Craig about a couple of different things uh, today. Uh, do want to touch on a couple things, though, on one thing in particular. Tom Homan, who retired at the end of this last season as one of our pit stewards at the Wilmot Raceway and a longtime uh, racer himself, uh, he has had some uh, emergency surgery. He's doing well, according to his daughter, uh, and he is in the hospital in Waukegan at Vista Hospital. So uh, keep Tom in your thoughts and prayers. Again, he's doing well. And, uh, you know, we just uh, hope to see him out and about again real, real soon. Tom, a really nice guy, always does a lot for racing and uh, just a lot of fun to be around. So um, we're now going to start talking with Craig. And, uh, Craig, welcome to the program and appreciate you Uh, taking the time. Uh, Let's talk about your your four-wheel stuff first, uh, what you do during the... During the uh, during the summertime and the springtime uh, at Wilmot and other tracks, uh, tell us a little bit about how you got interested in the uh, Wisconsin Wingless Sprint Series and and how it's been progressing for you. Yeah, it uh, certainly I've always been a uh, a dirt track fan. Uh, did some midget racing back in the in the mid '90s at Angel Park and. Uh, you know, it just uh, the, the cost of the, the ever rising cost of midget racing was was certainly a deterrent for me. Uh, I was I was definitely in over my head uh, financially, and it just uh, it made it. Uh, I was a little bit younger then, and and uh, didn't have things as 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 organized business wise, or or as far as my career went, and uh, that kind of left me standing by the wayside, uh, where I was just kind of financially and technically. Uh, unable to compete at the level that I wanted. Mm-hmm. Um, had been, you know, following open wheel dirt racing specifically, uh, e- even while I was uh, in North Carolina racing professionally uh, with, with the NHRA stuff. And uh, in 2012, uh, kind of was the end of my of my NHRA pro stock stuff, and uh, left us back, you know, left me back here in Wisconsin. Uh, eventually ended up selling my home in North Carolina and just uh, uh, through, through friends, uh, specifically Doug Shank and, and Stan Otis, there was an opportunity in 2016 uh, where Doug's, the, the car that he had ran uh, in 2015 and actually won the championship with uh, was available. And, uh, you know, and it, and it just seemed like, at the time, it seemed like a, a good fit and like it made a bunch of sense. Uh, so, uh I uh, was very fortunate to get brought in under under Doug and, and Stan's wings and and uh, those kind of guys. Uh, they're, they're just great people to work with, you know. And they, if it wasn't for if it wasn't for Doug and and uh, Doug and Stan, I, I never would have had that opportunity. So uh, that stuff has has progressed now to the to the point where uh, the Final Effort Racing Group has got 
you know multiple cars and multiple engines and it's a it's a pretty it's a pretty solid deal we uh doug is is very competitive uh by nature and i think that's what the most of the people see but what they don't see is the behind the scenes stuff and the the uh, incredible amount of time and effort that he's put into the program and and the the uh, time and effort and and tough love that he is he's did with me he is uh he certainly had his work cut out for him with uh, some of my driving tactics and and my lack of patience. But uh, he has uh, he's did some pretty incredible things for me, and I'm very grateful for that. So, well, you you definitely have a good mentor there because uh, Doug, as you mentioned, uh, uh, past champion at, at Wilmot and with the with the series. And and I'll tell you what, I mean, you've been around some different types of racing. And, and, you know, Angel Park has had the Badger Midgets there for forever. And then the NHRA drag racing is, as well, you know, that's been around a long, long time. But this new division, the Autometer Wisconsin Wingless Sprints that Steve Sinclair uh, got kicked off back in 2014 with six cars at Wilmot has just, has just uh, taken off uh, in leaps and bounds. I mean, we averaged... <laughs> this last season, you know, 35 cars at Wilmot, and even on the road when you guys would travel, uh, they were still averaging right around 30 cars. And, I mean, that's unbelievable for any kind of racing. Uh, and from what I've been told and in, in kind of watching uh, around the country, for a wingless sprint car series that's this new, it's just astronomical. It is. It's. It's. Uh, I, I never thought. I, I never thought when I started. Uh, when I started with Doug and Stan there, that that we'd be looking at the car counts that we have. Um, you know, when you're standing there at the drivers' meeting and, and you kind of take a look around, and and you look at the company that you're in, it's. Uh, it's. It's a little bit humbling. You know, I mean, there's there's some incredibly talented racers. Uh, you know, we back up just you know three years ago. And it was it was not a big deal to you know to make the to make the A main and and to run in the top ten or whatever. And, and now when you've got uh, when there, when there's forty competitors out there, and and I'm not going to go. I, I mean, you, you start at the top of the points list and you look down, and I mean, uh, any any of those guys that are in the well, and they have any of the people in the top twenty. I mean, several of those people have have won features, have had quick times. Uh, and and been competitive, you know. So it's it's definitely it's definitely not easy, uh, and and I think that that is the the face of that game has changed a little bit. Uh, but the unique thing about it is it, it offers uh, it offers uh, an individual who wants to go racing uh, an opportunity to be very very competitive uh, with with equal stuff to your the guys that you're racing against uh, without going you know completely upside down. Uh, with, with fifty and sixty thousand dollar brand new four ten engines, so uh, it is a uh, it's a very appealing class. Uh, uh, certainly, Sinclair has done an incredible job getting this thing up and running, and uh, I, I expect I expect the class the class to continue to grow. Um, I, I don't know at what point in time uh, you know that that will stop, but I know that there's a bunch of new cars and a bunch of new people coming on board again this year. So mm -hmm. uh, it's a it's a very exciting time for sprint car racing or, or racing in any form, really, uh, for that matter. Uh, I think the Wisconsin Wingless Field right now is probably the healthiest uh, class in motorsports right now nationwide. So. 
I, I think you're definitely correct. And, and, and uh, from what I understand, uh, and talking to Dave Rudolph and Tony Jenkins that kind of handle a lot of the tech for you guys, uh, they were mentioning to me going into our championship weekend at Wilmont uh, that we had 16 different feature winners in the series over the course of the, the summer. And, uh, and ironically enough, Tim Cox wins the championship at Wilmont without winning a feature and then finally wins a feature up at Plymouth Dirt Track uh, the final weekend of the season uh, in, uh, with the series. And so uh, he also won the series championship. But uh, it was just kind of ironic that just shows that if you're consistent and you hang in there, uh, you know, you end up you know, accumulating a lot of points. Yeah, it is. It's it's just like uh, any form of race. I mean, certainly uh, we we as racers like to focus on on winning, and and that's what uh, that's what the big prize is. But I mean, Tim, you know, I, I don't know how many top fives he had. Probably fifteen, sixteen top fives out of out of nineteen events total, and uh, and he, he's just he's always there. And and that's really the you need to put yourself in that position. And that's really one of the areas that I struggle in is I get. Uh, I, I get excited and I get the, uh, it's not intentional, but I get impatient and, and I oftentimes force the issue and it and ends up, uh, ends up, uh, not doing me well as far as a point standpoint. And, and it's something that, uh, you know, Tim is, is very, very mature and very, uh, very, uh, and, and you can see that. I mean, I sit and, uh, the couple of times that I, had the opportunity, uh, the unfortunate opportunity to watch the watch the A main from the grandstands uh-huh. uh, this year, and you, you just you just watch people like him, and I mean it's uh, you know he he's very methodical and very uh, strategic about about you know how he drives and and what positions he puts himself into, not specifically the car position on the track, but just the the racing position, whether whether it's the desirable or undesirable and and that's something that uh, that I need to continue to work on to uh, to better myself uh, certainly we've got uh, we've got great equipment uh, you know club of mark and both that games gives us the absolute best equipment that we can get uh, but uh, my biggest problem uh, typically is is the, the connecting link between the steering wheel and the seat I just uh, <laughs> just need to mature more as a driver and uh, and specifically calm down and, and not put myself in, in crummy, uh, crummy situations. So. Uh, you mentioned a couple of your sponsors there, and uh, you've certainly given Doug credit. Uh, others that you want to give credit to that help you to get to the racetrack each and every week, not only at Wilmot, but also when you travel uh, with the Autometer Wisconsin Wingless Sprint Series. Yeah, and I think, I think it's well known throughout the pit area uh, but I don't know if, if the fans or the spectators know. You know, they, they see the names on the side of the car, and, and I think they associate, well, you know, may, maybe the maybe Club Lamar helps out Doug and Craig a little bit, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I can absolutely positively say that, that Doug and Craig would not be racing if it were not for Stan Otis. Uh, he he lives this stuff. Uh, he, he Certainly he does it for his love of racing, but he, he does it for uh, – Doug and I provide a reasonably high entertainment value for for Stan, and he he, he likes the craziness. He likes <laughs> the uh, uh, the camaraderie and the and you know our our life uh, as friends is is uh, goes goes quite a ways beyond just the racetrack. I mean, we spend you know winters together, nights together, weekends together, and and Stan Otis uh, 
uh, I don't know if he's listening or not, but but Doug and I, uh, we, we have the absolute greatest sponsor in the world. And, and one of the, the sponsors that comes with Stan uh, is certainly the Bullseye Game Deal, which Colin and Mary uh, are huge contributors uh, to, to Doug and I's program and, and to the, the entire race team. Um, the Olsen vacuum cleaner, you know, Doug's deal there, uh, huge, huge supporter. Uh, Sig Law, Dennis Sig is, uh, is always kind of on retainer in the event that we get in any craziness or have any driving <laughs> mishaps uh, on the way to or from the racetrack. But, uh, yeah, we, we've got an incredible group of people uh, that, that have uh, – been with Doug certainly before I got there, but uh, but you know they 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 share that stuff between Doug and myself and and the cars and the tires and the shocks and uh, there, there's never a time that, that that we're sitting there saying gosh I wish we had this because you know we'll we'll be at work doing our deal and and Doug's at his store and I'm at my shop and and we'll get a picture or a text message or whatever and it's like Santa Claus comes every day and and Stan shows up with. Uh, with, with whatever racing supplies or incidental that we may need. And it's a, it's an incredible relationship that we've got, and I'm, I'm very grateful for everybody that supports us. Again, folks, we're, uh, we're talking with Craig Campton. He's uh, out of Madison, Wisconsin, and races with the Autometer Wisconsin Wingless Sprint Series at uh, its home track, Wilmot Raceway, on the Kenosha County Fairgrounds, and also uh, races throughout the series as it travels uh, around the upper Midwest in Wisconsin and Illinois areas. Uh, but now we're going to kind of shift gears and, and shift types no, of no racing. No pun intended there. I, I, I liked how you did that. Yes, yes. We're going to shift gears. We're going to shift gears. And this is a radi- uh, <laughs> racing program, so it, we shift gears from time to time. It's not an time. automatic no. transmission? Uh, it's not an automatic, <laughs> no. Uh, Craig also, during the wintertime, uh, is part of a championship uh, snowmobile team. And tell the folks a little bit about what you do during the winter time and uh, also some uh, great accomplishments that you have achieved already and uh, the snow isn't even starting to fly yet at least down in this neck of the woods I don't know about up north <laughs> so. yeah well uh, so so my my daily job which is uh, which is year-round is, is I run hypersports which hypersports is a, a builder and manufacturer uh, of outlaw drag race snowmobiles and uh, we have uh, we have kind of changed the, the the I guess I guess you could say we've kind of changed the game a little bit. Uh, well, I started doing the snowmobile thing back in the back in the mid '90s on a on a very very amateur, very unprofessional deal. Uh, did a lot of lake racing or attempted to, uh, and and really to be quite honest, it, it, we didn't have uh, didn't have much luck. I had a I was running an old nitrous two-stroke sled back in the day, and, and we were effectively grudge racing or, you know, ju- just playing out on the lake. And when I went to North Carolina, <clears throat> um, I was working with an engineer at Articat, and uh, he actually sent me uh, a new, what what was going to be their, their two-cylinder turbo engine platform, and, and sent me one just to kind of tinker with and, and to see what I thought about it. And I started working on that thing in 2007 when I came back um, from, uh, actually when I left Cagnazzi Racing uh, with Dave Conley and Jack Coughlin at the end of the 2008 season, uh, I actually moved back to, to Wisconsin, uh, still continued to do the pro stock deal, but it allowed me an opportunity in the off season 
uh, being up here to kind of get back involved with the snowmobile drag racing deal. And it was at that point in time where, where Articat had, had made the announcement that they were going to release a, a turbocharged four-cylinder, or excuse me, turbocharged two-cylinder uh, four-stroke engine platform, which the certainly the four-cycle platform kind of played into my hand with the with the background that I had uh, with at Cagnazzi. And uh, so I started working on it, and, and it kind of it, it evolved, and it, it led us to where we're at today. Um, it was, uh, you know, so we, we've been working on this, on this turbocharged four-cycle snowmobile stuff now for, I guess, approaching 10 years. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it, it's pretty crazy. We uh, never, never in my wildest dreams did I think we would have our, our own engine program and our, and our own chassis program. And, and we are, uh, you know, I think right now we're, we're one of three, uh, people in the nation that that can you can call up and order a turnkey uh, a lot draggery snowmobile and uh, and we'll deliver it uh, you know we, we have people that contract us uh, to race the snowmobiles for them uh, we, we sell race support we sell engines we sell chassis and and all the stuff uh, that, that we sell is is designed and, and and built by us or or contracted I mean some of the stuff is is outside of our our skill set as far as a possibly a machining standpoint, or or maybe some of the, like the the laser work that we do, or or some of the CNC forming. But uh, uh, we design it all on on SolidWorks. Uh, you know, do some uh, do some FEA analysis on things of that nature, and and I think we've taken. Uh, I'd like to think that that me and my team here have taken snowmobile drag racing uh, to the next level. You know, we've we've certainly uh, we've certainly given everybody a, a bunch of stuff to talk about in the last, specifically uh, in the last three years since the introduction of our, our HRC uh, chassis platform. Uh, we've now got uh, we've got HRCs in, in Canada and Newfoundland, uh, certainly United States, uh, and we've got uh, engines currently in uh, Norway, Sweden, uh, United Arab Emirates, obviously Canada. Uh, yeah, and, and several in the United States. So, it uh, it has certainly evolved, and it's uh, at there's days that it's that it's a little bit overwhelming. But uh, yeah, we just we just keep working on it, and and we're not we're certainly not done. It takes a takes a long time to take something from concept or, or something from a napkin drawing or, or an idea that I come up with. It takes a long time to get it uh, to get it to production, and and once it's out of production, you know, get it tested. Figure out, uh, figure out possibly, you know, where the weak weak points are, or, or the you know the things we need to work on, and uh, get that stuff resolved so that we've got a raceable, sellable product that that we can put in the hands of the consumer, and they can go, uh, you know, they can go and be very very competitive immediately. Ho- hopefully, uh, they can they can win and enjoy the enjoy the the winning aspect of it which that's really what we pride ourselves in we don't just deliver product as we we try to make sure that our customers win and have a good experience so uh, you're in singapore right now with gary gary hong is on uh listening uh united arab emirates there's snow over there <laughs> no no that's actually so so our engine stuff has a uh it has a couple of different applications. Certainly, the the snowmobile stuff being first and foremost, uh, but but the CVT drive system that that you know kind of goes hand in hand with the 
with the snowmobiles also lends itself to the to the outlaw sand drag race stuff. Uh, so we've got uh, we've got numerous customers in the UAE, uh, specifically in the Dubai area, uh, as well as a lot of customers out west uh, that you know kind of kind of congregate or gather in the in the Arizona and in the Glamis, California area. Uh, we've been doing stuff with uh, with Greg Biffle. Uh, formerly of Roush uh, Racing, we've been doing stuff with him. I believe we're coming up on our fifth year now uh, that we've been doing Greg Biffle's engines uh, for his sand racers, and he has had he's had uh, a lot of success with that. And uh, the the sand you know the the sand market really uh, presents a, a much bigger opportunity as as far as a business standpoint. It's just uh, it, you know. Certainly, us being in Wisconsin, we don't we don't we're not exposed to a lot of that. But uh, Glenn, who who's been with us now for well, I guess full time coming up on three years, but uh, you know he kind of spearheads the majority of the tuning, and and that's one thing too that a lot of people don't know and understand about about Hypersports is uh, you know we're we're very hands on with the customer. So with, with today's technology and and in computers and and internet and things of that nature you know we'll log on with with customers pretty much anywhere in the world uh through team viewer and and the customer can be at a racetrack or or at a dyno or or whatever the case may be and and we will offer you know our tuning services where where glenn will physically go and uh you know and, and be online with the with the customer while on the dyno and and make uh critical engine uh, adjustments to to any number of the things that we monitor or control at the ECU. So uh, it, it's it's very exciting stuff, and we've uh, along those same lines, we're we're uh, dangerously close to to releasing our own uh, ECU, our own uh, engine control module uh, that will control all the parameters, uh, no different than we do on our top shelf outlaw sleds. Uh, but we're doing something like that that will fit into the OEM market and and have a couple of uh, different sled platforms that it will be it'll be uh, applicable to. So um, yeah, there's uh, there, there's a lot more going on than than just snowmobiles. But it, it's amazing the doors that the snowmobile stuff has opened for us as as a small business and allowed us to grow. Uh, you know, as you've been mentioning this, I, I know that, you know, as we've talked throughout the year and as I follow you on Facebook, uh, you have got some uh, world records uh, that your your company has uh, helped produce. Uh, and maybe you can tell our, our viewers and our listeners a little bit about those records that, uh, that you've got in your pocket right now. Certainly. Um, you know, and... and we have had a an incredible number of, of very very awesome accomplishments, and that that comes with with having great customers because you can give, uh, as you can see in in sprint car racing, uh, you can give brand new best of the best equipment to a driver like myself, and and I still haven't found the ability to win. But uh, we're very fortunate, and and we've got uh, I think we've got the best customers uh, that, that we could possibly ask for. Uh, recently, we had a, uh, a customer from a new customer from Michigan who had been with a, another chassis builder, another engine builder for quite some time, and and he was uh, to be to be honest with you, I think it was just time where he wanted to win, uh, and so we started working with him early uh, early in 2017, and as it turned out, he actually was one of the individuals 
uh, who did some of the CNC machining uh, of our plugs that we that we designed and manufactured for our carbon fiber bodies, hoods, uh, and and cowl sections. So we we developed a relationship there. Uh, he decided that he wanted to uh, get on board for our new our HRC4 platform, which is a which is an engine platform that is uh, unique to, to hypersports and uh, utilizes a high elusive cylinder head. Uh, but from the head gasket down, it's it's entirely uh, one-off, custom-made, manufactured. Well, Scott Laskowski, uh, he purchased or, or signed up to do the deal, uh, and we had our first outing this year with uh, with him at, at Princeton, Minnesota, with with kind of a mixed bag of results. It was a, a little bit of a tricky track, and it, it's the, the snowmobile grass racing is very similar to the sprint car stuff in that uh, you know setup is critical and sometimes we're on very very tacky clay tracks like we just were at Seneca Falls Mm -hmm. and sometimes we're on very very dry slick tracks so uh, the snowmobiles don't always race on snow or they don't always race on ice and and in fact one of the biggest forms of snowmobile racing is just that grass racing where where we typically have you know a 200 foot uh, clay uh, starting pad The, the race course is 500 feet long and, and usually from once you get off the clay pad to the finish line, it's, it's you know, well-groomed grass and, and hopefully very smooth. So uh, we, we went to Seneca Falls after a couple of uh, not-so-great outings with the new four-cylinder sled and, and set the, uh, the 500-foot uh, record for both speed and, and ET with, with Ryan Enzer, who's a, a young racer out of uh, Sheridan, Illinois. Um, his father, Eddie Enzer, uh, long time, long time snowmobile drag racer, but long time face uh, in and around the racing community. Uh, certainly uh, heavily involved with, with asphalt racing. His daughter Erica Enzer uh, campaigned a, uh, a an asphalt midget for for quite some time, and uh, you know they're big into the racing deal. So so Ryan is kind of the, he's kind of the poster child for for our racers right now. Uh, we've been working with him now for three years. We started him off in the Snow Outlaw series, um, and then uh, last year we also set another record with him, which was the the NSSR 1,000 uh, foot uh, speed run record, where where that individual went uh, 191 miles an hour and a thousand feet from a standing start, which was wow. kind of the shot hurt, kind of the shot hurt around the world. Um, Ron Bray's NSSR organization is is absolutely positively uh, set the standard as far as racing surfaces and timing equipment. And Ron and Stacy do an incredible job with that uh, with their organization. And and they they're the ones that got Guinness involved, uh, you know, so that uh, these events that we do are are actually very uh, you know they're 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 very uh, cut and dried as far as uh, legitimacy and and uh, and setting the standards as, as far as the racing course is concerned. So uh, Ryan also, who set the 500-foot grass record, uh, also set the 1,000-foot uh, uh, speed world record, uh, which that was uh, that, that kid at 16 years old has had some incredible accomplishments. Uh, then we've got the, the ice racing uh, drag race stuff, and a, a customer of ours from North Dakota, Jeff Ratzlaff, uh, his sled that we finished last year at about this time, um, that went on to set the uh, to set the 660 foot eighth mile drag race uh, ice world record, and uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a pretty 
it's pretty been a pretty exciting you know kind of last 18 months or so and we've got we've got some new builds in the works right now i uh, I, I don't think with where we're at right now with our force owner that that we've reached uh that i don't think we're anywhere near plateauing specifically in the drag race end of it um but but we have uh we're, we're currently working on a force owner speed run deal that that ryan will compete in nssr with and it is our intention to uh to attempt this year to try to break the 200 mile an hour barrier uh, in a in a standing start 1,000 foot uh, speed run. So uh, I, I don't know. It's it's certainly going to take good conditions in order for that to happen. We're going to need a, a very very smooth racing surface, and, and Mother Nature is going to need to cooperate as well. When when you're going this fast uh, aerodynamically, you are you are uh, you are challenged. So. Uh, we've spent considerable time in North Carolina at the wind tunnel. Anybody that that follows our Facebook page sees uh, kind of sees the stuff that we're doing there. And we just uh, developed a new body uh, that's about 300 square inches of, of less frontal area than than the previous stuff that we had run. So that that should be a uh, that should be a considerable gain. Uh, that combined with the the four cylinder engine platform. Uh, that, that now our four-cylinder, we went to Dinotech Research at the conclusion uh, of the Seneca Falls race, and we made uh, 1,026 horsepower, uh, and that's out of our 85 cubic inch little itty-bitty snowmobile four-cylinder <laughs> engine. So uh, the, the new power levels combined with the aerodynamics, if we can get Mother Nature to cooperate where we don't have some crazy headwind, and, and maybe even a little bit of a tailwind would, would be nice. Uh, but if we can get some just just some calm conditions and a smooth racetrack, I, I think we can. I think we can get to the 200 mile an hour mark. It's it's certainly not going to be easy, um, but but that's our goal. And and if we don't accomplish it this winter, uh, you know we're, we're not going to quit trying. That's the 200 miles an hour and a thousand feet will be uh, will be a, a significant accomplishment, and that's really. Kind of what Glenn and I have our goals set on right now. So, well, I, I'll tell you, it's it's amazing what you've been uh, been sharing with us here. And twenty one six the net, just so you're a little bit aware of the the type of format and, and programming that's usually on this this station is is uh, inspirational. It's supposed to be inspirational to folks and uh, help them uh, to inspire and to try to do things that maybe they didn't think they could do. And obviously what you're talking about uh, and working with a 16-year-old young man is certainly helping people to inspire and to do things that they probably did not think they could do. Uh, what is the background, what's your background, you know, uh, as far as school-wise and that kind of thing, and what recommendation would you have for a young person that might be out there listening if they wanted to get into your type of business? Uh, so, so this is where it gets interesting because, I mean, I'm a little bit, uh, I, I feel as though I'm probably 10 years behind where I should have been, uh, had I followed, uh, had I followed the, the appropriate path and, and took a good choice, uh, post high school, uh, I think that I probably, you know, the, the skill set and the, the desire, uh, the desire has been forever, but the skill set, uh, kind of came through a through a non-conventional form of education. Um, I, I graduated from Columbus High School here in Columbus, Wisconsin. Uh, then immediately after high school, uh, I was a public works uh, park and rec employee. 
uh, for the city of Sun Prairie for for 17 years, uh, and 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 did well. That was that was a great job. Uh, incredible benefits, incredible uh, people to work around, decent pay. Uh, but it just it just wasn't uh, it just wasn't doing it for me. And and I started uh, the Hypersports company uh, back in the back in the early 90s. And and actually, my kind of I kind of got involved in the in the automotive business. You know, and, and we were building we were building some chassis and doing some cages and building rear ends and some fab work. And that kind of led into some of the circle track stuff. Uh, but it was in 2000 and uh, it was in 2004 uh, when I when I was approached by a, a friend of mine from Wisconsin, who's Joe Hornick. Uh, who certainly is a is a household name in the in the professional drag racing world. Uh, currently, <clears throat> currently their uh, their company JHE is is secured by John Force Racing, uh, and and Joe I believe between uh, Indy Racing League, NASCAR, NHRA I believe he's got 12 World Championship rings uh, wow. to his name. Uh, but in 2004, he contacted me, and he was looking for somebody uh, to, to go with him. He, he was leaving KB Racing at the time, which was NHRA Pro Stock, mm-hmm. uh, and he was going over to Victor Cagnazzi, who was who had set out to, to start a new team, and uh, and Victor was taking the approach that he wanted to uh, he wanted to assemble the appropriate people, and they wanted to uh, assemble a world championship team. Uh, so. So at the end of my uh, employment there at Sun Prairie, uh, I, I gave notice and I decided that I was going to make the move and I was going to go go try the professional racing. Now, this, this is where the, the educational part of it comes in because uh, prior to that, everything, I, everything that I had in my, in my head was kind of self-taught. And, and you figure out when you get down south and you're around all the professionals uh, that pretty much all the information that you have uh, I mean the the basic fundamentals. Okay, fine. You know th- that that stuff's fine. But when you get around the likes of of Joe Hornick and and Victor Cagnazzi and Steve Johns from from Jenkins Competition, who worked with Bill Jenkins, Crumpy Bill Jenkins, uh, when you're surrounded with those people, you find out quickly uh, how little you really know. And when I went to North Carolina, uh, it wasn't. When I left, I, I had something in my in my mind as far as what I what my expectations were or what I thought it was going to be, and I was there about two and a half or three weeks, and and even having a, a reasonably well uh, thought process of, of you know internal combustion engines and race cars and chassis setup and stuff like that, I was so overwhelmed that it that it was almost scary. It was at that point in time that I that I realized that that this was my education, that this was going to, you know, going to college uh, on a professional level. And it, it was so humbling, uh, so scary, and, and yet so rewarding all in the same breath uh, that it, uh, it it changed my life. And, and to be honest with you, uh, that, you know, the, doing the stint in professional racing, and it, it wasn't a short stint, uh, but it, uh, it, it, it teaches you the people that I was around. They taught me how to win, mm-hmm. and 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 this is where it gets interesting because you, you can, as I've said before, you can have great equipment, great engines, and everything until you physically know how to win. Winning is much more uh, than the best motor or the best chassis or the best tires. I mean, certainly those, those are key ingredients, uh, but it's all the stuff that goes on 
you know, daily or, or, or weekly, uh, depending on what level you're racing at, that, that makes you be able to put yourself in a, in a position to be, to be a championship uh, team or a, or a winner or a contender. And, uh, that, that, uh, that I'm very grateful for the people that, that kind of took me under their, uh, took me under their arm and, and said, Hey, we're going to show you how to win. And, and certainly I had the desire and the want to win. Um, but, but just didn't know. So it was a, it was a period of time, you know, pretty much all the way up until, you know, 2012, where I just, I, I tried to forget all the bad habits that I had. Um, and, and I'm not saying bad habits like drinking or, <laughs> or, or, or anything like that. I'm just saying that the bad habits that you bring with you, uh, when you think, you know, what's going on from a racing standpoint or an engine standpoint or a chassis standpoint. And, and you just gotta, you gotta put your, you know, turn up your hearing aid and, and really listen and really pay attention. And there was, uh, there was a considerable amount of time that, uh, we, we would, we'd get done work at, you know, we were working six or seven, 10 or 12 hour days, uh, in the off season. And at the, at the conclusion of the day, uh, I would go to Joe's house and, and we would spend another four or five hours, uh, just, just going through, uh, internal combustion theory, going through, uh, engine dynamics, looking at, uh, valve train dynamics and, and, and studying, you know, data and spintron data and dyno data. And when you're in a position like that, uh, which kind of goes back to the education thing, it, it's just like being in school. The, the more you study, and the, uh, the the more you pay attention, the more you can absorb. And uh, today, uh, it's if somebody wants to really, really do something, whether whether it be motorsports based or not, that uh, having your having your ears open and really engaging uh, will kind of set you up for your future. And that and that's what I'm, I touched on this earlier. That the you know I feel like I'm ten years behind, and, and that's simply because. Uh, out of school, uh, graduating high school, I went into into the public employment deal, which, which was fine. But it was uh, I knew in my heart at 18 years old that that, that wasn't the right spot for me. Uh, but not really being academically, uh, you know, all, all that all that into the academics, all the the study and stuff. I was more into the to the technical stuff. And as it turns out, if I would have uh, if I would have followed my heart at that point in time. Uh, certainly the engineering stuff, which is, which is what I kind of pride myself in now, uh, even without a degree, you know, it, it's, it, most of it was self-taught, but now I've aligned myself with, uh, with some incredible, uh, solid works, uh, designers and, and they don't know snowmobiles or, or racing engines, but they certainly are fluid in the, in the computer skills and things of that nature. And, and I've just, uh, I, I've aligned myself with people who can, uh, who can assist me in the areas that I'm weak. And, and that's another thing too, is that, that all this stuff is, is a team, you know, people, when they say, they say hypersports, they, they think of Craig Hampton, but there's, there's so much more to, to hypersports in this small business than, than me. I mean, yeah, it's, it's my name when I'm signing the check. Uh, but, but I have, uh, I feel like I've assembled a, a great group of people that, that work here with us and a, and a great group of people who are, you know who we do business with on a daily basis, and and it's uh, it's just you kind of got to you kind of got to step back, and no different than if if you're assembling a race team or assembling a business, 
you, you need to kind of take a step back and, and look at all the pieces of the puzzle uh, that are on the table and trying to get them, you know, try to get them aligned because they, uh, uh, focusing on any, any one specific thing with, while leaving other areas of the puzzle unattended, uh, is going to leave the picture incomplete. And, and that's what, uh, and I still struggle with it daily, but that's what I, that's kind of the mindset that I use to try to, you know, to try to put things together and make it be a successful program. Craig, one of the things I found out is you probably would not be the person you are today had you went into the classroom 10 years or 17 years earlier. Uh, all that life experience has allowed you to become and then allow this business to become who it is. Uh, you're, you're, you're an amazing guest. Thank you so much for being part of the show today. Yes, definitely an inspiration there, Craig, uh, you know, and, and continued success. Uh, I do follow you on Facebook and uh and we'll be following all winter long uh we we do need to to take a break and then we actually have another guest joining us here shortly but real quickly where might folks see uh some of your sleds competing this winter yeah so 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 certainly just on facebook you can you can follow snow outlaws uh, that is a three race snow drag race series which races in Mansfield, michigan uh, St. Germain, Wisconsin, which that, that deal there is incredible. Uh, there, there will be at, at any one given time Saturday, there will be three to 4,000 spectators uh, on the ice watching our customers as well as, as others uh, compete for, uh, I believe this year is, uh, is $4,000 to win uh, a big purse, three different classes. Uh, that, that's a huge deal. And then the, the final event will be in Cable, Wisconsin. Uh, you can check out the, the times and dates and schedules on the Snowalla page. Uh, otherwise, the, the NSSR uh, speed run stuff, you can, you can follow that on the NSSR page. Uh, Battle of the Bay is going to be a big deal. That will be uh, where we will attempt to reset uh, both the 660-foot drag race world record uh, that is in Green Bay, Wisconsin, as well as the 1,000-foot NSSR uh, speed run record that both will be uh, – with flying Ryan Enzer, the young man from uh, from Illinois that I spoke of, uh, as well as as well as many other events, and, and if you want to, you, you can kind of follow along on on the Hypersports, excuse me, Facebook page. Uh, we try to stay pretty active there to keep our our fans and our customers kind of in touch with with where we're going and what we're doing. Um, yeah, but uh, Facebook, the social media stuff, kind of follow along on those three deals, and that'll give you a pretty good. Uh, pretty good snapshot uh, of where we're going to be and what we're going to be doing here in the next uh, four or five months. All right. Again, thanks a lot, Craig. Uh, we wish you the best during the winter, uh, and I know we'll see you in the spring down at the Wilmot Raceway and the, the familiar number seven. <laughs> you guys, thanks for having me. It's yeah. been a pleasure. Be blessed, so my you. friend. Keep the shiny side up. Take right, care. Thank you. Bye-bye. God bless. Bye-bye. Uh, wow. <laughs> uh, what we're going to do, Mike, is we're going to go ahead and bring Brad White in, and then we'll pay the bills at the end. Okay. We'll play the that sounds the good. End, so. uh, yes, because Brad Becker has a major announcement, which he is making exclusively right here on the Let's Go Racing Motorsports Report, brought to you by WilmotRaceway.com. And you can check out WilmotRaceway.com for the latest information on Wilmot Raceway. Look at that. You snuck your sponsor in anyway. Hey, I know how to get <laughs> in. Yeah. And uh, mm -hmm. also don't forget this coming weekend. Uh, well, hey we'll, guys. we'll tell you about that. Hey, Brad. Hey, Brad. How you doing? Doing pretty good. How about you guys? 
Good, good, Brad. Well, uh, we, we just kind of teased everybody a little bit that you are going to make a major announcement of, uh, exclusively right here on the program. So uh, I know we talked off, uh, off air that, that uh, you kind of decided it would be kind of fun to do that here. Uh, and you've teased folks on your Facebook page that uh, something was coming up. So uh, now is your spotlight here, Brad. Uh, tell everybody what, uh, I don't even know what you're going to tell them. <laughs> tell everybody what you're going to tell them. Well, actually, for the 2019 season, I'm stepping back from driving. I just brought in a 23, 25-year-old kid, Ryan Johnson. He's going to be driving the 147 Bandit car out at Wilmette. Um, not sure if he's going to keep it 147 or anything that way. We also kind of had a little bit of a bad thing come across. Um, Redneck Rob, he drives the 23 Packer car. He is actually bailing out this season to spend some more time with family and try to get things set straight. Um, but Taz Motorsports is teaming back up with DP Racing. We did some racing a couple of years ago with them. And Scott Ludke will be, he built a new car. He'll be bringing that one out to Bandit, the 36 car. Um, we'll still have Louie driving in the 696 Cavalier. And I'm going to kind of concentrate more on being a team owner than so much of a driver. And for 2020, I've been pushed pretty heavy by a couple of the guys, Morgan Shepard, Mike out there. Um, I broke down and bought a mini sprint to jump in. I know at the beginning of the year, we... <laughs> joke that it was my five-year plan to try to move up and do a mini sprint but five years turned into two years <laughs> so uh even though you've got the car in that for 2019 uh the car is going to stay in the garage this coming year or, or might just sneak it out of the garage and uh, run it a few times it may show up <laughs> once or twice i know um the Badger Midgets, they let us take the wing off for the mini sprints and run with them. I'm talking it over with the girlfriend right now to sneak it out for one of those shows just to get me a little bit of seat time in and maybe towards the end of the year throw the wing on and bring it out one more time. But not that the car isn't race ready, but it's got a couple things that my picky self wants to change on it. I need a lot of learning, too, from going from a bandit car to a mini sprint that is, like, night and day difference. So just a lot of learning to do this off season and next year and try to get to know it better. I'm going to spend some time out at the track when the kids aren't around and help out Morgan Shepard on his. He's been awesome trying to give me a hand and get me to know these cars. I've been talking with BJ and he's just been great help already this year already from the three weeks I've owned it, giving me tidbits to know, things to check on the car. So more of a learning 19 season for me and to be more of a team owner and get my guys situated. And, yeah, 2020, we're going to fully go after it, try to get that rookie of the year for the mini sprint IRA series there and go full bore then. Well, it, it's kind of funny that you talk about kind of sitting back and, and watching and learning. 
uh, you know, Craig Campton was just on with us, uh, talked about that and what he's been able to do sometimes in the uh, Autometer Wisconsin wingless sprints uh, that he drives. You know, sometimes he doesn't make the feature, not necessarily by choice, <laughs> but he doesn't make the feature, and he ends up watching the, the, the feature, you know, from the stands. And, and like he said, just watching some of the top runners uh, out there on the track, he's been able to learn, and then he's been able to adapt that to his driving style and the things that he does. I think that that may help you. Uh, I mean, r- even though the mini sprints have been there on nights you've been racing the, the, the four-cylinder, um, I know you've been concentrating on the, the four-cylinder and not really been able to concentrate on the mini sprints uh, You know, when they were on the track. Now you're going to be able to focus a little bit more on the mini sprints, and with the way the Wilmont schedule goes, there's going to be some nights the mini sprints will be racing, the four-cylinders won't and you know vice versa so um you know i think it's gonna ultimately make things a little bit better for you in the long run and uh you know who knows where you're where you'll be at in 2020 uh, a mini sprint in 2020 uh, a wingless in 2022 and a, a full-fledged outlaw sprint car in 2025 there i, I gave you your next uh, five-year plan <laughs> you know I, let's shoot for it i mean so, no, I, I'm i really excited to get in that Mini and actually be able to drive one. It's, like I said before, it's been kind of like my highest expectations for myself to get to. But, shoot, I mean, I made that dream happen. Well, why stop there? Let's keep the goals going. Well, uh, Brad, we made a similar move. We started our show um, just a little over two years ago, two and a half years ago. It was two ball guys and a microphone. And a year and a half later, we launched our own radio station. You know, now we have like 12 other shows. We're in negotiations with a uh, a couple of foreign um, radio hosts who are going to be on on the air at 21.6 net. The move from operator to owner, um, it, it's it's you know, it's got some scary moments, but at the same time, the the, the blessings are huge. Watching these other shows become successful. Is uh is just been powerful for us, and and I know you going into the owner role. You're such a great guy. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna be totally in love with these people as they uh, as they go out and and win things under the Becker name. No, I, that's I mean the big thing is just seeing those guys, and I'm not gonna say it hurt myself by any means, but. We were putting so much time in trying to get Louie's car running good. I kind of fell back on mine a little bit. When not saying that's at all why we didn't win that championship this year. Tony Dunn was on fire. That car was fast every night. His equipment held up. I just got a bad jinx with the tire bug, unfortunately, this year. <laughs> but I've done some research. We figured stuff out with that where we're going to try next year with Ryan being in my car, and we're going to put it into Louie's car, Scott's car, and hopefully instead of two cars in the top 10 for Taz Motorsports, we can have four cars up there in the top 10 in points. So, But it's like you say, when you're running your own thing and actually trying to put your heart fully into that you fall back on other things so that's why i kind of made the decision this year that i wasn't going to drive it's time to kind of step more up as a team owner than just the driver and 
put my heart into all my guys that have been doing it for me for the last two, three years. And unfortunately, Rob, he's having some things go down where he's not going to be with us next year. He has talked that he'd like to come out a couple times, but it's something that, you know, I think it was well needed. Also, I get to spend a little bit more time with the kids instead of running around the pits like a lost chicken. I can kind of pay more attention to everything, the family life, my guys. And like I say, our goal is to try to put four cars in the top 10 next year. Well, you've got a number one fan that I'm not going to let you go until you you, you say something to her or, or say hi to her because now she she had one guy to, sh- to cheer for, Daddy, last year. Now she's going to have like four to cheer for next year. So go ahead and give your number one uh, fan a big shout out there. She's a little sweetheart. (laughs) Yeah, Kylie, she's amazing. She actually backs all of us very heavily. Uh, Scott and Louie, they became really close with our family, and she calls them Uncle Scott and Uncle Louie. And then, yeah, with Ryan stepping in my car, we she ain't going to know who to cheer for anymore. She's just <laughs> going to be as lost as I am standing there watching the cars on the truck. And, and so, she, is she's how old now? She is seven. Um, just as smart as can be. Top, pretty much top of her class here in second grade already. And just, <laughs> yeah, she's amazing. I don't know what I'd do without that little bug. <laughs> so, so when's she going to start driving something? <laughs> well, she... She runs go-karts up in Marquette, Michigan. Oh, okay. At their county fairground. She doesn't do it a lot, but whenever she's up there by Nana and Papa, she runs that. She's been doing pretty good last year. They unfortunately don't do wins or anything that way, but she's one of the fastest carts every time she sits in it. And I'm hoping as soon as, you know, she gets old enough, we can throw her in a bandit car and let her try to repeat what Courtney did and go win some championships as, you know, a nice young girl and be kicking all the guys' butts out there. So, <laughs> Okay, well. She, uh, she's hungry for it, too. She wants to. <laughs> she, every right. time she's out at the race shop with us, she's bouncing from car to car like, Dad, let me go drive it. Let me go drive <laughs> it. So it, it'll be soon enough. There you go. To, well, to Brad, quote a line from Maverick and Goose, we have a need for speed. <laughs> <laughs> well, Brad, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. We wish you the best in your new role and also in your team. And, uh, you know, say hi to Kylie and, and wish her the best for the holiday season. And I'm sure we'll see you in the spring. Uh, be watching on the Wilmot Raceway uh, Facebook page and also on the website because uh, we're going to have a car show in the spring before the race season opens and I know you like car shows, so uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll see you there. We'll try everything to get as many of those cars down there for you guys. And, yeah, you'll see me around a lot, and just not with the suit on anymore. <laughs> All right. Thanks a lot, Brad. Take care. God bless. We'll see ya. you. You too. Thank you, Mike. Thank you, Tim, for having me on. I greatly appreciate it. You bet. And as sure. always, keep the shiny side up. <laughs> All righty. Um, Here, here's what we're going to do, Mike. Uh, we're right at that time. We didn't pay the the bills in the middle. Uh, so any last comments you have, the racer's prayer, and then I'll close out the show with the sponsors. 
Sure. Uh, this coming uh, Saturday, Lake County Vipers and Lake County Honor Flight uh, special event on uh, November 10th at November Round Lake 10th, High School. 7 o'clock start time. You're going to want to get there early. Over 1,400 seats have uh, pretty much been sold, so it's going to be a packed house. All righty. And then Sunday, uh, the Sunday. 11th, Coach Papa is going to uh, make a special appearance at Libertyville Manor and visit with our, our residents. Bring in some of my patriotic poetry and some of my stories from my military days and uh, just stories. Uh, just have some fun with the residents. That'll be about uh, 2 o'clock on Sunday afternoon. And Monday, Veterans Day being observed uh, again at Libertyville Manor. Ryan Yantis, who is a survivor of the 9-11 attack at the Pentagon, will be speaking at about 10.30 in the morning yeah. on Monday. Colonel Yantis has been on our show. He's an amazing guest, and just uh, th they're going to absolutely love him. Also, that morning on the show, Two Ball Guys with Rancher Ron, We'll have uh, Major General Mark Stanish retired. Uh, he was my commander for several years, and uh, he was, he'll be a great guest that morning as well. And certainly our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the victims in Pittsburgh oh, yeah. and also uh, to the victims in the, uh, the plane crash in Indonesia that happened as, as well. Uh, our thoughts and prayers go out to them. So we dedicate the racer's prayer uh, to them and to all our veterans as well. Lord, I pray as I race today, keep me safe along the way, not only me but others too as they perform the jobs they do. I know, God, that in a race I, the driver, must set the pace. But in this race of life, I pray, help me, Lord, along the way. Although I know I am a sinner, help me to believe that with God I'm always a winner. Amen. You've been listening to Let's Go Racing. Stick around and listen to these sponsors. They're the ones who allow us to do this show for you. Uh, God bless. Travel safe. Make this your best day yet. 21.6 The Net is brought to you in part by the generous support of our sponsor, Northern Illinois Windows, Inc. We are a commercial and residential window servicing company committed to providing the highest quality service at an affordable price. Our highly trained technicians will make every aspect of your window cleaning needs worry-free. Northern Illinois Windows, Inc. 815-385-6646. Again, 815-385-6646. 216 net is sponsored and supported in part by Natural Therapy Wellness Center, 815-385-8190, McHenryMassage.com. How often do you take time for yourself? A massage can be a great way to pamper yourself, but it can also help alleviate or sometimes even cure those ailments that you deal with regularly. Contact us today to speak to one of our certified therapists about your needs. Natural Therapy Wellness Center, 815-385-8190. 216th Net is sponsored by and broadcast from Sticker Dude, the creators of Final Chaos. 815-322-2480, StickerDude.com. The Sticker Dude team brings over 25 years of experience from the graphic, marketing, and sales industry, advertising on vehicles and other services. Full attention on the design, print, and installation is given to your project, from in-house full-time installers to our top-of-the-line printing and finishing room. 
Contact us today to learn what you need to look for and why before committing to making an investment in vehicle wraps. We're not your corner sign shop. Sticker dude, call 815-322-2480.